0: Good ooh, good morning. That was that was that was nice and loud. Well, good morning. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. We are a um, fairly young church, so luckily the walls are somewhat. <laughs> Absolutely, Mister Allen. Absolutely. Um, so sometimes you know we get to hear. We can hear the kids in the other room because our walls aren't always the um, great at soundproof, um, so you hear the youngness of our church very often sometimes um, and we have a i say we is me that has a nice running joke that I like to uh, say all, all the time um, because we are a younger church, and a lot of the people on staff have young kids, um, babies or toddlers, um, we meet it in the evenings a lot um, and so You know, most babies, most young kids, they go to bed pretty early. Um, And as many of you guys know, when they start getting tired, they act up. So I get to see a lot of the acting up and a lot of the messes that the kids make and the fun screaming and yelling that happens sometimes. So my joke when that happens is I'm going to skip all that, and when I decide to become a father, I'm just going to adopt a 16-year-old. And then I'm constantly told by the people I made that joke to, are you ready for all the emotional trauma and damage that you're going to have to deal with from a 16-year-old? I'm like, it's better than cleaning up all this mess. <laughs> uh, and it's, a, it's been a long joke that I've been telling and saying for a really long time. Um, but no, we're very happy that all the families here, that you guys choose to be here, that you trust us with your kids, and we're very grateful for that. And again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. So let's dive in. Today is not necessarily a Father's Day message, but... It kind of incorporates the idea of fatherhood and family. Um, And today we're going to just talk about a general topic. We're in our Kingdom Lifestyles series right now. So we're looking at spiritual disciplines. We're looking at how to live like Jesus. And today we're talking about something that's going to incorporate kind of all of it, which is kind of beautiful. It's what I get to take part of a lot here at The Fold. And first, we're just going to start with Find Home find family, find purpose. Now, I'm sure if you've been here a while, if you're new, you may not know, but that is kind of our vision. That is our vision for the fold, is that for the people of Greenville to find home, family, purpose um, in Jesus. And what we're going to look at today is not the home, family, or purpose right now. We'll get to that maybe a little bit. We'll look at the word Find. Now, I know that this is an English class. I'm not going to, like, spend, like, a whole breakdown of, like, the word find, but I just wanted to find it real quick. I just want to give you the standard dictionary definition of the word find. That definition is to recognize or discover something to be present. Now Again, I'm not going any further than that. That's all you need to know. That's all, that's all we need to know right now. So this morning, we're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about the family aspect in a way at the fold, but in general, just what community means in a kingdom lifestyle, what it means to the believer, to Jesus, to the Bible. We're going to be kind of looking at a big overview. I'm not in one passage this morning. I'm going to kind of be all over um, a general theme passage that if you want to turn to is going to be in Acts 2, verse 42 through 47, but I'm going to read off a bunch of verses at some point this morning because community is everywhere in the Bible. And that's the first thing we're kind of going to look at is when we talk about community, when we talk about living in community, when I was studying for this passage and or for this sermon um, and look going through passages that's going to incorporate what community means to Jesus, to the Bible, I probably looked at probably over a 100 passages and verses. And they all deal with many different things regarding community. They all deal with different aspects of spiritual disciplines in community, with how we live, with how we walk, with how we talk. Um, And we're first just going to talk about the Old Testament a little bit. The idea of community begins with the idea of the Israelites being a group of people, with them being a community. One of the very first concepts of community practice of reading and learning and studying together is Moses giving the commandments to his people, to the Israelites. God immediately incorporates a people as a community. And I think that's important. I think it's a big deal as we look and look and go further into what community looks like. And we see that all throughout the Old Testament. Everything about community in there is how God interacts with the Israelites, with the people of the Old Testament. He saves them, brings them out of exile as a community. He you know, punishes them as a community. All the things that he does, he does to the people as a whole, as a group. Um, and so that's just a general kind of overview of the Old Testament. And then I'm just going to read off, like I said, there's a hundred plus easily verses that we can look at. But here's just some that I think incorporate what we've been going through in the New Testament. First uh, Thessalonians five fourteen, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Galatians 6, two, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 1 Corinthians 12:25 through 27, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And then Acts 2:42 through 47, and I think this is just a just a great ideal and general verse passage to look at into what the church and what community should look like. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And this is the early church. Everyone who was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. That to me is just a perfect embodiment of what the church should be, how we should look. And one of the, one of the cool things to think about, you know, we have the four gospels that tell the life of Jesus that we get to look at. And we know that Jesus' ministry lasted three years. And we have little snippets here and there, day by day, of a miracle being performed, or him going somewhere, or him being in the wilderness for 40 days. We know that he spent those three years with the 12 disciples. And we're seeing just small snippets of time here and there across three years. What we can imagine, what we can probably know, is that during that time, he just spent living with those disciples, living a community, speaking to each other, maybe making jokes about, you know, whatever sport they played back then. I don't know. That's what I do. We talk about the NFL and the Panthers all the time. Um, whatever, whatever they were doing, you know, they, they lived their life and lived together in a community where they practiced a lot of these things. And we didn't get to see all that. It had been amazing, too. It had been amazing if some, some writer of a gospel said, here, I'm just going to write down everything we did. We woke up. We ate breakfast. Hung out, people did some work, did this, you know we don't get a day by day because I guarantee it wasn't just wake up every single day and let's read the Bible and study for twelve to fifteen hours. I don't think you know they could get by just doing that every single day they live they live life, they lived it together, they lived in community and the thing is and the thing I think the thing we're I'm trying to get to and trying to work toward that I think a lot of us have bought into with the church and have probably expected and maybe maybe this isn't you this is, this is definitely me um, is that you come to church or you came to church or you decided this is, this is home maybe the fold is home for you and you expect community to show up you expect community to, to kind of be there that you'll just happen upon it, you'll, you'll get it to be a part of it the reason we defined community in the very beginning, or more specifically, the word find, and what that means is that community's already there. Family's already there. It says something that's already present. When we find something, when we discover it, it's not like we create a new thing. We're not creating community here necessarily at the fold. Community exists. Home, family, purpose isn't exclusive to the fold. If you haven't found home, family, or purpose here and don't feel like this is the place for you, we hope that you can find that somewhere else. But Jesus already invited us into home. Jesus has invited us into community, into family, and he already has a purpose for you. And sometimes we just have to go out and be a little active, seek a little bit, get involved to understand that it's already there. That's what I'm talking about community this morning is oftentimes we come to church, maybe five maybe 10 minutes before service starts, hang out, and then leave pretty much right after. And we expect we're going to find family, that we're going to feel like this is a place of community. That maybe, you know, you don't want to be involved in a full group, or, or maybe you can't. That's, that's fine. I know we only offer certain times. Um, and just expect family and community to naturally feel like it's there. Um, community in the life of the church is something that we have to seek out in all these verses and all these passages what we see is that they are actively doing something 42 through 47 didn't just say they show up and listen to a sermon and some music they actively participated in their community they actively gave and loved and forgave and became a crucial part of that community that became a part of that body that Christ talks about and, and the thing is, the reason I specifically kind of look into, look into this and look into why we look for community in a way where we're not active is in my own personal life, kind of uh, for those that don't know me, most of you do, I can be very stubborn, very prideful. My family's here, so they know, like, they're probably over there shaking their heads, um, And... So when I get in moments of stress or where like, things are going wrong in my life or you know I'm just dealing, dealing with life in general, I'm sure we've all been there, where just life isn't going well, like things just kind of suck at the moment. Um, what I tend to do is I tend to isolate. I tend to go into a place where like I need to fix things. I need to get things right before I can be a part of this. I need to work on myself. I need to turn away from people who have been there for me the whole time and I tend to uh, push community away, to go away from family, to not want to let people in. And for, and for me, for me, I don't know for you, because this is definitely very personal things. When I look for family, when I look for community, when I am seeking out what Jesus has given me freely, it's because I'm so scared of the vulnerability and the love that I may receive, that I may lose the control that I have over my feelings and my emotions. I may, I may, uh, you know, I, I may get hurt again is what I tell myself. If I open up, if I go back to community, if I become an active role in that community again, if I let myself be open. Um, this isn't like a guilt trip to say guys get in folk groups. I would love to say that it is to get you guys all in folk groups. Um, But folk groups work here really well. I think a lot of the people in them will say they've found family. They found people that they can love like that, that love them like that, where they can be open and honest and be vulnerable and not worry about getting hurt. I'm not saying you might not get hurt. We're people. We're messy. We're sinful. We're really broken. Thank goodness for Jesus. Am I right? So we seek after this community, this family. I say it envelops everything that we've talked about. Confession, solitude, silence, fasting, prayer, just reading the Bible, all sorts of things, how we influence the people around us. There's a reason for that. And I got to somewhat short story, a little, little fun story. Um, there's these, there was these uh, professors, teachers, pastors, group of people. They decided that they wanted to study and look at the practice of the spiritual disciplines. To look at what it takes to be committed to those. So they got a group of students that volunteered to take on this challenge for essentially like a semester, half a year, um, to really practice these, to practice fasting, practice solitude, silence, um, reading their Bible, prayer. And they took big surveys, found out a bunch of stuff about them to kind of really get tangible results because it's hard to really measure those things. And at the end of it, they found that 50% of the students who attempted to like stay consistent, to put in a good effort at trying, fell away and completely stopped. They stopped practicing the disciplines. They, they kind of just kind of let it go away. And when they went through and looked at those specific students, the people that volunteered, the thing they found most consistent in those 50 that did not practice, that did not commit, that ended up just giving it all up, um, they didn't have a community. They weren't plugged into church. They weren't really in a group anywhere. They didn't have a good support system. Many of them often felt like they were alone when they were doing their meetings. And the 50 that did, they found out were in really great communities where they were plugged into a small group or active in their church or they had people around them that loved them that they said they met with. Some of them met with therapists and other people to where you saw the support group. And the reason I tell this is because obviously community emboldens and allows us the freedom and encouragement and support that we need to be more like Jesus. And we see that throughout. It's why I started with the Old Testament, read some verses, I've gone everywhere because all the things that Jesus commands us, that ask of us, that He wants us to do so our lives can be better, so we can be more like Him, so our cup can overflow, is embodied around community. Jesus surrounded himself with people and had his own family, his own community on ministry. We see all throughout the New Testament, the commands that they receive are so often do it together, eat together, pray together, forgive one another, carry each other's burdens. So many of the commands are not very individualistic. But today in our church world, we have determined that our growth, our spiritual growth is all on our own. It's not the Bible's never the Bible's never said that. So much of what we do is in a community, in a family, and this is gonna uh, it's gonna a little get a little little weird. Um, it's gonna be gonna be a little fun. So if you guys have been coming to our Kingdom series, um, we've been Kingdom lifestyle series. We've been wanting to model and show a lot of the you know, things we've been talking about. We've done confession, uh, prayer, other things. So this morning, like I said, this may be a little awkward for my introverts in here. Like, it's okay. I know. I understand completely. I'm um, just buying this morning. This isn't normal, I promise. If you guys want to, go ahead and start. We're going to get into groups of five to six. Like I said, it's going to be a little weird. Jack and Caroline are going to come up. They're going to like play some music. And what we're going to do, we're going to get in groups of five or six. And you're going to go around in the group one by one. And you can be as general or specific as you want and tell the group something you need prayer for. General or specific. It can be as simple as I'm in a tough season or like me, I have a bad tire that desperately needs to replace and I need some money for it as general or specific as you want. You can move chairs. You can get in a circle. Um, yeah, Jack and Caroline are going to come up. You guys, like I said, I know it's going to be weird. You guys can go ahead and start getting in your groups. Find five to six people right around you. doesn't have to be people you know, preferably people you may not know. Like I said, it's going to be a little youth group. It's going to be a little weird. If you've been to youth group, you, you, you understand this. Yeah, 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 I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm done with that. Okay, appreciate it. If if you need to be in a bigger group or that's fine. Five to six is just a general number I put out there. <laughs> yeah, in, introduce yourselves or yeah. <laughs>